Hey guys, I'm Rachel. I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. is still sick and it's interesting because usually when we're recording i'm the sick one um so if you hear sniffles that's why she's she's working through it uh did you watch inside man no you should now that you'll be home for a couple days it's on netflix it's really good why uh it's only for (laughs) why it's only I hate you sometimes. I swear to God. It's only four episodes or an hour an episode. Um, have, did you ever watch The Mist, that movie? Nope. Okay. Well, that one's like real rough. But this Inside Man, it's just really well done. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it, it was entertaining. The okay. last episode, me and Eric were like, what just happened? So it was surprising. Okay. Um. But, uh. It was a good one. You should watch it. I don't know if I could stop watching Gilmore Girls at this junction. You know, I'm, I, I, I've I, never watched Gilmore Girls, so I don't understand the... <sighs> it's new for me, like I said. I'm excited for this new change in your life. I just started like two days ago. I'm like, wow. It's about a mom and a daughter, right? Like, that's the entire premise of the show. Yeah. Sorry, I'm taking my shoes but off. But it slaps. I don't it's know. A, <laughs> but it, it hits different. I tried to watch it when I was younger, and I was like, oh, what the hell? When yeah. I come home from school, I'd be like, fucking Gilmore Girls are the on. Gilmore Girls. Even though I was a child that, like, enjoyed the Food Network. I don't know. Oh, my God. I still do. But Gilmore. Yeah. But Gilmore Girls. Like, I could sit there and watch, like, Barefoot Contessa. Mm-hmm. But Gilmore Girls was not doing it at the time. They don't have homemade. Store-bought is fine. <laughs> but store-bought will be okay. <laughs> so now, Gilmore, it's just so good. I don't know. Oh. Just so heartwarming. Well, that's good. A cozy show. Just a, a good old comfort show. Yeah. And The Flight Attendant was good, too. I watched that before. Did you see that one? No. With the girl from Big Bang Theory? Mm-mm. I didn't watch the second season because I heard it sucked, but the first season was super good. Interesting. Yes. Very good. I'm also watching The <laughs> I'm watching the Watcher uh-huh. on Netflix. And if you relinquish the thought that it's based off of real information and just watch it as a show. It's a very good show. That's why I don't think I could do that. It was very hard for me. The first two episodes, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, none of this is right. And Eric's like, yeah. But that's only because you have a lot of information on it, because we did that episode on it. Well, and because it's the truth. Well, yeah. it's ba- <laughs> and, Yeah. So it starts out by saying, like, this is based on real events. And, and then I'm like, is everything this loosely based? Because none of it is accurate. Yeah. Like, wildly inaccurate. It's a very good show. Just completely inaccurate. Just know that. And it it's, like, so, like, dramatized. And I understand the need for that. But, like, to that extent, Chibata. It's Elfie. Yeah. Stop. Oh, that's Elf? Yeah, so The Watcher is good if you watch it as a show, not because you know the information okay. or know the case. All right. Um, so today we're going back to Westfield, New Jersey, which is also where The Watcher was. <laughs> um. 
And both of these cases were, I'm going to do another one today. They were both um, recommendations. This one came from a couple different people because I had never heard about it and it's really gruesome. And then the other one is uh, like almost directly related to the serial killer. Hmm. I know a person that is, so we'll get into that. But oh yeah. Yeah. So we're back in Westfield, New Jersey. And it's always like said it's Westfield is like a picturesque town. But I mean, from what we hear, there's a lot of like demons <laughs> that are living in this little picturesque town. Uh this case was recommended to me. Um and I don't know why, but I I often forget to like write recommendations down cuz they just come in like common conversation, yeah. I think. Um not like let me grab my notepad when you're like, you know. <laughs> And I was sitting in the parking lot of um, my daughter's cheerleading class. And all of a sudden, I remember someone suggested this case. Okay. So I was like, oh, let's write about this. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, thank you to her cheer for getting my brain moving on this terrible subject. But anyway. <laughs> um, also, every single mom that parks in the cheerleading parking lot needs to go to parking school. It's a monstrosity. And it drives me crazy. But uh, I digress. Anyway. Westfield, New Jersey. We talked about it before. So we'll streamline this. It's considered picturesque. It's expensive. It's safe. The streets are lined with houses referred to as mansions and manors. Hmm. Um, it is north, what, northwest New Jersey, like up, up northwest New Jersey. Um, property taxes are painfully high, even for New Jersey. Uh, I was talking to someone, and they said that their property taxes, this is going to blow your mind their property taxes in virginia were like eight hundred dollars yeah for the year Mm -hmm. for the year yeah that's why people move there i know my property taxes for our house are like five thousand and yeah that we live in like a low-income area Mm -hmm. so i looked up average property taxes in westfield and it's about seventeen thousand wow yeah seventeen thousand a year so fifteen hundred a month in taxes on top of your mortgage crazy Terrible. Anyway, so this brings me to John List of Westfield, New Jersey. You yeah. Him? You heard of him? Mm-hmm. Uh, John was a devout Lutheran. He was a lab scientist in World War II. He had a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's in accounting. He was a very smart guy. After he graduated, the Korean War was escalating, so he was called back to active duty, and he was stationed in Virginia. While on active duty, he met Helen Morris... Helen Morris Taylor, sorry, who already had a daughter named Brenda. I wasn't able to find a ton of information on Brenda, but uh, she kind of left the family before things really took a dive. So she did exist, but she's not really relevant in the rest of the story. Okay. Um, they started dating and married in, um, they married on December 1st of 1951. So after completing his second tour in 1952, Helen and John moved to Michigan, where he became a paper salesman. Imagine. Like, like Dunder Mifflin. Like, I, I, I can't. Paper salesman. Yeah. I, He's probably just, like, supporting his family very on, well. On paper. On paper. The sale of paper. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So, John and Helen go on to have three more children, a girl named Patricia, and two sons, Charlie and John Jr. Um, Helen was struggling with alcoholism, but John was able to keep the family going and would pray that Helen would find the strength to fight and conquer her demons. 
By 1960, Helen's first daughter, Brenda, was old enough to move out and get married. And at this time, John had also accepted a new position at Xerox. Now we're talking about printers. Yeah. Yeah. Natural progression, right? Paper to printers. It does make sense. Uh, Which would make the entire family relocate to Rochester, New York. But John was hoping that maybe the change of scenery would help Helen, like, heal. So they packed up their three kids. Brenda went off and got married. And uh, the rest of them moved to New York. Okay. So the whole concept of moving far away is completely lost on me because my entire family has stayed within a 20-mile radius of New Jersey our entire lives. So just the thought of, like, moving seems like a lot of work. But just the logistics of putting your stuff in, like, boxes. Like, I, yeah. you've moved a couple times, but not really. Like, you're always close. But, like, across state lines. I was in Hawaii. Yeah, but did you bring a lot of stuff to Hawaii? No. Yeah. Not like that. Yeah, it's more like the logistics of moving your stuff that blows my mind. Not I never that. had a lot of stuff because yeah. I knew I'd be moving a lot. Really? Because so I moved like, like four times there. So it was like you you just didn't keep a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, what was the point? Mm-hmm. If you didn't need it. So anyway, back to the lists. Xerox wasn't exactly what John was looking to do. So he got a job at a bank in the accounting department in Jersey City. Which is what he really wanted to do all along. He really yeah. didn't have his heart set on paper or printers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really surprising. <laughs> so, again, John packed up his family, and uh, they moved to Westfield, New Jersey, into a mansion called the Breeze Knoll. The mansion had plenty of space, 19 rooms. Crazy. Hmm. Okay. So, John was able to move in his aging mother, who started to need more frequent care, and Helen was still battling alcoholism, so she had enough room to kind of distance herself when she needed her space. Okay. So from the outside, the list seemed to have it all together. This incredible mansion, a successful father, three beautiful kids. Unfortunately, as we have learned, appearances don't really mean much. Do you think people look at you and they're like, they are so normal on the outside? I don't think anybody looks at me and thinks that. You know, I was thinking about that. And it's (laughs) it's funny because the only reason I have a second case today is is be like I go to pretty extreme lengths to not bring up at my job that I have a podcast because the like I work in HR so you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't think like your HR person loves to talk about murders it like the two doesn't they don't go together so I don't bring it up much but when I do people are like oh I wouldn't have pictured you like that I'm like well please don't picture me as this weird creepy person in a closet talking about murders I just find like the way human brains work more interesting than anything. But yeah, no, I don't, I I do think about that. Like, yeah. Can you tell from the outside, like I'm exhausted and tired or does it look like, oh, she has all her stuff together. Yeah. I mean, not today. My socks don't match. And this one looks like I got it out of a psych ward, but it's very warm. Yeah. I, I, and meanwhile, I'm at work. I'm like, listen to my podcast. So, <laughs> well, that's what, so it's like, this- you can find it anywhere on Spotify, Apple Music. So that's why it's funny because like you can bring in like your work, your stories from work, and at work you can be like, "Hey, go listen." To my-. We were at uh, the chili cookoff, and the one chili cookoff, yeah, um, Michelle, is that right? Who? Uh, someone that you work with. She's another bartender there. Tony. It wasn't Tony. I don't know why I thought her name the was long curly. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Tony. I don't know why I thought her name was Michelle. My girl. Um, she's like, "Oh my god, I love your podcast." And I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> we, we normally don't know people. 
that know our podcast. <laughs> yeah, she'll text me and she'll be like, what the heck? Like, hey, Tony, if you're listening. Hey. Hey, Tony. So it's just funny. Like, at my job, I have to be like, yeah, no, I'm totally normal. And at your job, you're like, oh, my God, you'll never guess what happened to them. Yeah. You know, it's like worse. If, yeah. But I feel like from the outside, you and Vlad look like very, like... <laughs> Put together. I'm sorry. It's and just like, so funny. It is. <laughs> it is. Because, yeah. like, I know you, but if you, like, looked from 30,000 feet, like, yeah. you guys look like you're very well put together and, you know, not psychotic at all. Yeah. Looks can be deceiving. Yeah. So, anyway, from the outside, they seem to have it all. Unfortunately, as we learned, that doesn't mean much. So, John was actually struggling with work and social interactions as a whole. He was an awkward man, and he really didn't have the ability to carry conversations or articulate what he was going through. So a combination of things, poor performance, and just overall vibes led John List to lose his job. But his family had no idea John has, had lost his job, because every day he would get dressed in a suit and tie and head to the train station norm- like he normally would. But then since he had no job to commute to, he would just sit in the train station for nine hours. And read the paper. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. If you could do that, that's like a level of dissociating that I'm just not comfortable with. Right? Yeah. That, that's the first, well, there's many red flags in this, but that is like the first That one. is something else. So this went on for some months until he was no longer able to stay on top of the bills and his house was put up for foreclosure. So John could not risk being outed as a failure, so he decided to handle this situation that he found himself in. So on November 1st, 1971, the kids, all three of them, left for school, like they always did, leaving John, Helen, and John's mom at home. Helen was in the breakfast room drinking coffee when John walked up behind her and shot her execution style. She was 47 when she was murdered by her husband. Hmm. After confirming his wife was dead, John went upstairs to his mother's room where he shot her above her eye, and she was 84 when she was murdered. Terrible. Terrible. So then John spent the rest of the morning packing up his belongings and writing a five-page letter to his pastor explaining that the murders of his entire family was his only option to save their souls. As there was too much evil and hate in the world, and they would be destined for hell because of his inability to hold a job or stable income. Yeah. He then made himself lunch, I don't know how you could eat, and waited for his kids to come home. Patricia, the oldest, was home first, and once she was inside, John shot her in the back of the head. Frederick was next. I think I originally called him Charlie, but his name is Frederick. Uh, Frederick was next to come home, and John also waited until he was inside and shot him execution style as well, which is even more terrible that you can't even look them in the face if you're doing this. Yeah. Um, lastly, John Jr. came home, and because of the amount of times he was shot, it seemed like John Jr. tried to fight back, but he was unsuccessful and was also killed by his father. John then put each of his family members in sleeping bags and dragged them into the ballroom of the home. He laid them next to each other, turned the radio on to a religious station, and closed the door. So creepy. hmm He put his mother in her bed, in her room, and closed the door on her as well. 
He went through the house and cleaned up the crime scenes, and finally he removed himself from every family picture that hung in the mansion. Like, cut his face out of every picture. John then locked the front door and headed out. He stopped by a bank to close his and his mother's bank accounts and began to drive across the country. Mm -hmm. So how long do you think it would take for people to realize that this entire family had been murdered in cold blood? I already know. Okay. So I'm not going to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Um, It took an entire month before the bodies were found. Yeah. John had put in a lot of thought into the alibis for the absences of his family. So the older kids had part-time jobs and school. So John informed both school and their jobs that they were visiting family for a few weeks and not to expect them. Helen was a recluse at this point, but was actually expecting a visit from her mother that same week that she was murdered. Hmm. Um, But her mother was too sick to come, so she decided to cancel the trip. And John's mother was old and ill, so people just assumed the worst when they stopped seeing her. Yeah. John also ensured that he stopped milk deliveries and mail deliveries, but there was one thing he could not control. He left the lights on in his house, and they stayed on because he was gone day and night. And no one really thought much of it until the bulbs began to burn out one by one Mm -hmm. and weren't being changed. So the List neighbors reached out to the neighbors of the List family, reached out to the police for a wellness check. The officers arrived, but no one came to the door, so they climbed through an open window that they found. And this is when the police found the bodies of the List family. So immediately, the police began trying to figure out who could have done this. While John was a suspect, there was no pictures of him in the house. So the police couldn't even use his picture when uh, questioning witnesses. Yeah, that was so long ago, you know. It's not like you could just pull it up. Yeah, like just look it up on Facebook. Yeah. the family car was found at the JFK airport, and that's the last information on John List that anyone has. He left no trail, became completely untraceable. Curiously, the mansion where the List called home um, and where they were brutally murdered in burned down nine months after the massacre and was ruled an arson with no suspects. Hmm. And it never, like, went from there. It was just an arson. So one of the pieces that was lost in the fire... Is This is just an interesting fact. One of the pieces that was lost in the fire of the mansion was a skylight in the ballroom that was a Tiffany original that was valued at $100,000 then. Wow. Or $700,000 today. Wow. So the police have no leads. The family's been laid to rest by their other family members, and the case goes surprisingly cold. Now, again, I was going to ask you how long it would, how long do you think it would take for this case to get any movement? Yeah. But since you already know it, I'm not going to ask. I won't ruin it. Um, it's the 90s. So there was this little show, right? America's Most Wanted. And in its first season, they covered the case of John List. An artist for the show created a clay bust, which always makes me giggle. Like, I know it's the actual term for it, but just bust because <laughs> I'm a child. Uh, created a clay bust of what John would look like. 18 years later and from the show and the artist's rendering a person called in a tip and john was arrested two weeks after that yeah that show i think did a lot of crazy shit they really did Mm -hmm. they 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 had a lot of people on the map you know yeah so what had johnny boy been doing for 18 years you may ask yourself well he went to denver and assumed a new identity of robert clark which was a name of his former classmate. He got a job as a comptroller for another paper company, 
why is there so many of these? Right. Um, he joined a nearby Lutheran church. And through the church, he met Dolores Miller, and they married in 1985. Mm-hmm. Eventually, John and Dolores moved to Virginia, where he got a job as an accountant. When John's neighbor in Virginia was watching America's Most Wanted, they immediately called in. John was fingerprinted, and it matched his military prints, and he was extradited back to Jersey. Imagine being the one to call in and be like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> That'd be, like, so satisfying. I got to call in for the kill. John said when he was extradited back that he did his family a favor. Because he's delusional. Yes. And that his wife, Helen, tricked him into marrying him by saying she was pregnant and hiding that she was dealing with untreated syphilis, which coupled with the alcoholism deteriorated her brain and that murdering them was the only way to save their souls. Yeah. I don't think so. Let me tell you how that is not a trail that you can normally walk down with a sane mind. No. When asked why he didn't kill himself, he said he wouldn't be allowed into heaven if he did. So that's, yeah. it just makes sense. Out of the question. Mm-hmm. John was convicted with five counts of first degree murder and sentenced to five life sentences in April of 1990. In March of 2008, John List died in prison at 82 of pneumonia in Trenton. Um, I got this information from Wikipedia and Weird New Jersey. So, but this was a uh, recommendation from one of our listeners. So, imagine eighteen years. You just, and he still thought that after like eighteen years. Also, imagine being the woman that married him. Yeah, like you'd be like, oh, I've been sleeping next to you for how long? A while. And you murdered your entire family that came before me. And he just has all these great, like, I just, it's it's hard to believe he didn't, like, show any sign of, like, mental illness in other places in his life, too. Aside from, like, just being socially awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he really didn't, he was able to have good jobs, like, he was an accountant and a comptroller, and, <sighs> but yeah, so, um, that's John List and his disgusting decisions he made um the watcher is good if you watch it as a show that's what we have to say about that that's all i have to say about that (laughs) thank you all right we'll talk to you next week (laughs) (laughs) bye bye